gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in the spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome. Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. Hello, and welcome to Happy Life Studios. I am so excited that you're here. This is going to be a great podcast. It's going to be a continuation of last week's podcast, which if you didn't get a chance to listen to that yet, it's episode 53, Happy Wrong. And I travel a lot and do some motivational speaking and I meet a lot of you people out there that just have these incredible hearts and minds. And Tony is one of them. He's a modern-day hero. He's a, he's a world changer. And uh, he works with people with disabilities. His brother had a severe disability and passed away at a very young age. And that's why Tony, with his parents, got into this whole ministry of helping people with disabilities. And they're building a camp up in northern Wisconsin. It'll change your, change your life. It's called Camp Daniel. I highly recommend going there. And as I'm talking to Tony, I'm asking him, you know, how, how, how does happy life work? Because if happy life doesn't work everywhere, it doesn't work at all, in my opinion. It, it's not meant for a certain amount of people who have a certain amount of money or just don't have problems. Happy life covers the whole gamut. And if I can't be happy and struggle, then I don't even want to talk about happy life. So I asked him, I said, how can you, I don't know about you, every time I seem to have a happy party, suffering tends to come knocking on the door, busting through the door and crashing my, my happy party. And, and so as we were talking, it was just so good. I just had to record this and I asked Tony if we could do a, um, a podcast of this. And he said, sure. So I pulled up my phone. That's why the quality is not that good. By the way, if you'd like to help out Happy Life uh, Studios, um, I'm going to leave uh, the notes in the show notes. Uh, but you just go to GoFundMe.com slash Happy Life Studios. If it wasn't for the donors that believed in, in what we're doing, we wouldn't even have a studio to record these podcasts. Um, but we still don't have all the equipment that we need. And uh, we're making do with what we have. But So that's why the recording is not that good. There's also a PayPal.me link, PayPal.me slash Steve O'Hayes if you'd like to. Like any of these podcasts or you'd like the help, you can just go there and, and donate through PayPal or through your credit card or whatever. But last week we talked about um, how do you live a happy life in suffering. And Tony had such incredible things to say. And as I'm, as I'm closing up the podcast last week, all of a sudden he, he mentioned something uh, about a different topic. I, I thought that's a whole other podcast. And I, so I decided we're going to do a part two of last week's podcast. This one is dealing with something I, I believe a lot of people uh, deal with. In fact, I've, I've read that those that talk about it the least 
have it the most. Um, and it's it's the number one stealer of happy, in my opinion. And it, it's it's shame. And we don't want to talk about shame. It's kind of a taboo topic. Well, we're not going to be afraid to talk about it here. And believe it or not, we can actually become happy in the midst of shame. We can become happy in the midst of struggle. We don't have to wait for these things to go away. In fact, we're giving you some tips here in both of these podcasts that will actually help you to know how to conquer or how to live through that and get through to happy on the other side. So without any further talking on my part, I just want to jump right into uh, this podcast because it's a good one. Don't be afraid to share, like, or comment. Let us know what you think. And thank you so much for listening. Hello, this is Steve-O, and we are here for another episode of Happy Life Studios. Um, you're in for a retreat again uh, today because I have with me Tony here from Camp Daniel, and uh, he has helped me through a lot of stuff. He's a very good and dear friend. In fact, Tony, you're one of the few people that when I'm really going through something deep, Tony's the guy I give a call to because he understands me, and I don't have to explain a lot of things, and Tony knows how I think. He thinks a lot like I do. In a lot of ways, we just don't really fit with a lot of other people, but we've learned to be ourselves no matter how much struggle um, that might be. Um, so, Tony, thanks for joining us again. Now they're going to think I'm weird just like you. <laughs> you are. Tony is actually weirder than I am. You think I'm a messed up? Tony is way more messed up than I am. So that's why I have him on here, just so that you know. In fact, I believe your words of advice, the last podcast I did with you was, anything you'd like to say to people you said, happy suffering. <laughs> and you know, when you talk like that, sometimes people, particularly I think people that call themselves Christians or believers in God, they've got a problem with that, you know? Definitely. They, they call that negative. They call it, and yet the Bible says in Isaiah, it was a prophetic word about Jesus himself, and it says, he was a man familiar with suffering, right. and he was acquainted with grief. I mean, he and grief were very good friends. He was familiar with suffering. He he understood it all, and yet the Bible says in God's presence is fullness of joy. It's a weird thing, you know. In fact, in some ways, you know, we love to churchize, Christianize words and make them, you know, and so Christians almost, I mean, I, I, I read a lot of, most of my friends are, well, I got a lot of friends that are believers in Jesus, and I go on Facebook a lot. I've got a lot of people that follow me from me speaking in their schools or their churches or whatever, and man, sometimes, sometimes people that believe in God, their posts are the most negative, unhappy, mean, and it shouldn't be this way because Jesus was a, he's a loving, when God is in your life, you know, he's supposed to change us from the inside, yet we make the word joy, and we can be crabby and joyful at the same time, and to me that doesn't make any sense, and to me, joy and happiness are are same thing, you know, and I think sometimes we like to make things religious and make them ultra important and say stuff like, you know, well, happiness is it's just, it's a minor little thing, but joy goes deeper. Well, if, if joy goes deeper, then the happiness should just, I think, burst out of that, don't you think? I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, do you think I'm right on the difference between how a lot of Christians see joy, the word joy versus the word happy? Right. I, I think we've churchified that word and, and I think that sometimes I feel like in certain churches I've been in that there is almost an adverse reaction to happy. If you mention the word happy, like it's something non-Christian. Right. And that's a scary thought to me. And you don't put God and happy in the same sentence. Oftentimes when people think about God, man, they, they tend to pull back a little bit. Like they're about to get chastised or judged or God isn't for them. You know, but why would 
he sent his son to this earth to take their sins upon him, take my sins upon him, so that I couldn't be happy, so I could be miserable? I mean, I think God wants us to be happy. That's why he gives us each other. We talked about that in the last podcast, how we need each other, and we need to be vulnerable with each other, which I want to deal, I want to, I want to dive right into that right now about vulnerability, because you talked last time a little bit about being vulnerable and the importance of vulnerability and shame, and shame is the opposite of happy, and um, you said you have some more stuff on that, so I'd like to jump right in on this, hit us, what do you, what do you got to say about vulnerability, shame, happy, all that type stuff? I believe we all experience shame or some form of shame, and it's inherent being born in the sin or being a sinner. In fact, I'm ashamed that I'm ashamed, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you should be. Yeah, well, thanks. thanks. That helps me feel better now. Now that's good. Now I can feel bad. I feel good because I feel bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's where it gets confusing. You know, my dad would always do that to me, sorry, growing up, and he would, I'd be mad, and he'd say, well, that that's good. And I'd say, Dad, why is that good? He says, well, you wouldn't be happy unless you're sad. <laughs> that's true. And sometimes that's how we view it. Yeah. Anyway, unpause, go back to your, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> But I think that we experience shame because we, most of us don't ever think we're good enough and are talented enough and we, we're driven by a culture of celebrity and um, almost perfection to some degree that we perceive that people out there that are famous or happy or whatever, even pastors who are joyful, we perceive that there's some level of perfection that they've they have or been given or and some might even say no not me but yet how many times we have to take a Facebook picture before we'll post one on there right you know we got to make sure that we look just right before we do our video or how many times have someone wanted to post a picture on us and we deleted it because it wasn't the perfection that we wanted it to be right and and so I think we get we end up being down on who God created us to be and uh, the mistakes we make and uh, some of the issues we have and instead of reaching out and, and getting the help that God has given us through others who often encounter the same issues and problems and uh, we can help each other through and over some of these things, we tend to hide and do take that nice Facebook picture and uh, stay alone in our, you know, in our sorrows and in our suffering, to be honest. And so um, we lose out on that vulnerability is what pulls other people in. And for me, what like Facebook is something that often makes me sad because people go on Facebook because they want to interconnect with other people, and yet sometimes it becomes the least, the worst way to connect with people because we're able to put out something that's not necessarily true or honest and or our small version. Or not completely. Yeah, it's not complete, and that that I think is is sad because that really ends up pushing us apart. It ends up keeping our shame totally in a box that's only inside of us and was never meant to be that way. So you think, are you saying that the answer to shame, in your opinion, is to be vulnerable? Is that what you're saying? Well, definitely. It's, that's that's the concept. Can you explain that a little bit more? Maybe you already did, but just in case someone's not getting it, um, like myself, um, that seems so rare to a lot of people. You mean to tell me if I'm struggling with shame? Most people would say if I'm struggling with shame, I'm going to tell people how I'm terrible on top of that. I'm going to tell people what I'm struggling with. That seems like it's only going to add on to the shame. Right. Well, I, I, an example I could use is I, I get to work with people with intellectual disabilities on a daily basis. I live with people with intellectual disabilities. I grew up in the church 
Um, I grew up as a Christian kid and a Christian adult, and yet um, I'm, I think I'm simple. I think my language is simple and how I think is fairly simple. And um, so a lot of what I learned growing up in church, the words were big. I didn't understand a lot of things. Um, I went along and just nodded my head and said, yes, I get that, or I get that word, and I didn't. And that has followed me into adulthood. About working with people with intellectual disabilities, I'm allowed to break down to things down to its simplest form, and then I can begin to understand myself what things mean. Um, and if I keep that bottled up and just pretend I know something, how does that help me or how does that help me grow? It doesn't. But when I am able to put that out there, when I'm talking to, doesn't matter who it is, um, that I'm not getting it, then all the guys who live with me that have intellectual disabilities, they can understand and know what's going on also. And we're kind of all on the same plane. And I think that would just be a very simple example of vulnerably putting something out there that, well, you know, I don't understand a lot of the big words in the Bible or the sayings. I don't understand what it means to come alongside God. And I don't understand what what it means to... to uh, there's just a lot of sayings like well, that. Well, wouldn't that add on to your shame, though, if you already feel like you're not a very good Christian or very good human, to now admit that you don't on top of it? Isn't that just adding another negative onto another negative thing that you've got going already? Well, I think that's the easy lie to believe, and that's the easiest thing to think. But the reality is there's an experience that's different. And I think our flesh is the most deceitful thing out there. Uh, Pastor John, one of my former pastors, would always say that your flesh is is the Johnny Cochran lawyer um, of the world, that your flesh could talk you into anything. They can, they can convince you. And what do you mean by anything. your flesh for someone who might not understand what that means? Um, well, I think it's your flesh is your the sinful side of who you are. The, your selfishness. What's corrupted, your, your selfishness. It's all about me. It's what I want. It's what I'm not getting. It's all those kind of thoughts. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts, so sometimes I hear things and and when my response in my brain is a horrible, horrible thought. And if I don't share that, I have to bottle that up and just feel bad about myself for thinking that. But if I share that, and somebody helps me through that process of my initial feeling, sometimes that feeling begins to change. So it actually begins to dissipate. Right. When, you, when you say it, you can actually fix it. But if you hold it inside and you're full of shame, the only one that deals with it is just you and yourself, right? right. And your shame. And that's the problem. It's like a mushroom cloud inside of you is in your flesh. That shame it grows like no place else. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's like a plant that's in the best dirt possible with the best fertilizer possible. That shame just grows and grows and dominates. And if you take all that away, you choke off the things that are feeding the shame. And wow, the feeling on the other side of that is. There's nothing like it. So when I'm when I'm not not being vulnerable, when I'm holding everything inside, I have no way of that shame's not going anywhere. I can't do any. It's just only going to grow in there. Right. But when I let that out, even a little bit at a time, maybe some of you agree with what Tony's saying. I personally do. I've done this, and I and and it, and it really does work. But so but if it's something that's scary, then try just one little bit at a time, one little thought at a time, and and see if it doesn't work. It's it like. I live in the Northwest, you know, in the Seattle area, and we've got a lot of moss and mold and mildew out there. Um, my yard right now is just full of moss, and but moss never grows in the summer, really, because the sun's out. 
you know, in Seattle it's always overcast and covered. If you take something like mold, just it just grows like crazy in the dark. And I, I see mold, uh, mold and shame being really a lot. I don't know how you feel about that, but I see them both. They, they turn black, they turn ugly, they, and they in darkness, when they're in a closed space, it spreads like crazy. But when you when you want to get rid of mold, what do you got to do? You got to open up the drawers. You got to take out the whatever is covering it up, and you got to expose it to the light, right? right? And when you expose it to the light, it begins to disappear, to dissipate, and all of a sudden you don't. So is that kind of what you're saying regarding if you have shame, you don't hold it in, you become vulnerable with somebody else that you can trust, right? Would you right. just become vulnerable with anybody? No, I think you do need to be careful with that. There, there's a certain amount of courage goes along with this and I think this again goes back to that God puts people in our lives and we have to trust that that we don't just throw out what's going on inside of us anywhere because of most people that are unwilling to become vulnerable will say they've been hurt by doing that wow. and ultimately going back to the mold reference I think that that once there's mold it infects everybody you know, there's certain yeah. people that are allergic to that that yeah. will come into a building and can't handle that. There's a smell. There's it's something that and it doesn't just affect us; it affects everybody outside. So of us. my shame, my my insecurity, uh, the negative things that come with shame. Are you saying that 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 will affect the whole community that I'm in? Right. It actually is the anti-community. Wow. It, it stops us from creating community. Because when I'm ashamed, I'm not going to look you in the face. Right. In fact, the Bible is full of a word called righteousness, right? Which basically means to be right with somebody, you know. And um, there, I believe my definition of righteousness is face to face. You know, if I've said something bad about you, Tony, I'm not in right relationship with you. Now, you might be in right relationship with me because you don't know that I said those things. But if I have done something to harm you, or I know I've harmed you, or I've had bad thoughts about you that I haven't talked with you about, and I, I keep that inside, I'm not going to look at you in the face. I'm not going to have a right relationship with you, because I'm going to be embarrassed to look you in the face. And that's and that's how everyone who's a, been a parent for more than a couple of years knows what I'm talking about, because sometimes, you know, when you when you grew up, then when you figure out, how did my mom always know? Well, when you couldn't look her in the face, she, she knew right. you weren't telling the truth, but she knew you were hiding something. And I think with our shame, we got to stop hiding it. We need to come clean, but I think we need to be careful with who we even come clean with and at the speed that we go. And you know what? Even with becoming vulnerable with somebody, we're going to get hurt. You know, you've hurt me, I've hurt you, but that's why we're good friends because we won't allow that to get in the way. We, When I've been hurt by you, I'll come and tell you that hurt me or you'll come and tell me that. And that's another thing. If you just keep it inside, that too will turn into mold and then the shame just gets way out of hand. So the antidote for shame is vulnerability then. Right. And the opposite of shame in a lot of ways really is happiness, you know. And I just don't know how one can truly be happy. I think the more shame, the less happy you have, and vice versa. And if you're if you're ashamed today, um, you know what? You're an amazing creature. And when God made you, He made you in His image, and He made you just like He wanted you to be. Weaknesses and all. We need to work on things, obviously, but. I don't think God's up in heaven shaking his head in disbelief at us, like, what have they become? Because I, I look at the Bible, man, I see an awful lot of people that were some pretty bad dudes, and God kept using them, almost like he wasn't surprised, you know? And um, so I just want to speak to those of you that are, that are, that are fighting shame. Um, God loves you, and if you'll give him that shame, the first person you need to become vulnerable with, in my opinion, is, is God himself. God already knows anyway, but when I let that out, I'm, I'm letting God in. 
to that area of my life. And maybe sometimes the best thing to do is, God, I'm ashamed. Um, if you want to come in and help me clean that, um, I give that to you. Does that make sense at all? It does. Very much. So. Thank you for this podcast. I, I love your heart. I love your mind. Um, you're going to be hearing a lot more from Tony uh, because he's my friend. And one reason he's my friend is because if you can't necessarily be wise yourself, then hang out with people who are wise. And Tony, you're that person for me. You help me think outside the box. And you've got a lot of wisdom in there. So you'll be hearing more from Tony. Tony, thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing us your heart. Um, we hope that helps you guys. Anything else you want to say to them? Thanks for having me. Right on. Thank you. Have a happy life. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. And you will be happy too. Base.